Welcome to the Adele and Michael Show. Yeah, where we talk about relationships. Relationships about life. Uh, self, uh, relationships about ourselves. Relationships <laughs> to the planet, to people, yeah. animals, everything. But today we have a special guest. And I actually invited this special guest because Michael and her are Sagittarius. They're like fellow Sagittarius. So we had to, <laughs> I, I, I spoke with this woman, Anna, and I was like, okay, you have to meet Michael. So here she is on the podcast. So let me tell you a little bit about her, Anna Miranda. She began her spiritual journey at the age of 16. Unfortunately, after a profound spiritual awakening and near-death experience, since her experience, she has dedicated her life to the study of metaphysics, intuitive, and empathic consciousness. As an intuitive coach, Anna utilizes many different forms of intuitive arts to help coach others towards their true potential through intuitive insight. So I'm so glad to have you, Anna. Yes. Welcome, Anna. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. It's very exciting to meet the two of you and to, to share with you today. Yes, and likewise. Yeah, yeah. When I first spoke with you, I was like, oh, we have to have you on your, our show because you have <laughs> so many interesting stories and, and let's just dive into them. All right, Miss sure. Fellow. Sagittarian and Italian, by the way. Oh, Italian. Yeah, Sagittarian and Italian. <laughs> yeah, but you're the you're first born... <laughs> yeah, well, I do have two uh, older siblings, but yes, all the children are the first American born. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My parents uh, come from two different little towns. Uh, my father is actually Sicilianno, so he's Sicilian, and he comes from a little town called um, Campio Forito in Sicily. And my mother comes from a town in Naples called Palmiliano d'Arco. Um, but yeah, we're the first, we're the first born here. <laughs> uh, we're the first born here. Um, I was actually just in Sicily prior to COVID. We actually um, literally came home from Sicily and like a week later, COVID hit there. So we were really lucky. We, we missed the wave. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. We missed the wave. And it actually, a yeah, uh, it was a beautiful trip because my father had not been home in 40 years. So it was the first time back to his hometown in, in 40 years. So it was a very um, emotional, very spiritual experience for us. Wow. Wow. But tell us a little bit about your journey, your family, how you got started, yeah. um, your awakening. And your you awakening, exactly. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, well, my, my spiritual awakening uh, really occurred at 16 years old. Um, prior to 16, um, I started using narcotics at a very, very young age um, and became an active addict. And by the time I was 16 years old, let's just say I was at the bottom. I was hitting rock bottom, 90 pounds, really, really having a lot of difficulty. And the interesting part of my, my story is actually my heritage. And I'll, 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 I'll kind of weave that all in because there's a great spirituality to that too. But about two weeks prior to my actual overdose near-death experience, which happened on March 31st, 1995, which led me to my intuitive studies and spirituality and, and studying consciousness. You know, my parents come from these little towns, you know, in Italy, they, they, they had no understanding of like what drugs even were. <laughs> this was like foreign. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were like, what is going on? What is happening to our daughter? They didn't know. Um, they, they really did. And um, it was a very hard time for them. You know, by the time I was 16, I was kicked out of high school. I mean, it was just my parents were literally out on the streets looking for me all the time. They didn't know what was up, what was down. Um, they came from like these little farming villages. You know, right, they didn't right. know. Well, they must have been um, in shock. Yeah, <laughs> they were in shock. They were like, what's going on? Our little Catholic daughter is 
So, you know, doing these things. Um, and, and they came here separately, actually. And they met here in New York. They met in New York and they were both actually working at a, cheap, uh, a nail polish factory. Um, so they were, you know, blue collar workers. In fact, they only went up to sixth grade each. They didn't have wow. any other education. So <clears throat> again, you know, it was just really foreign to them. They didn't know what this was. Um, and what happened was my mother wound up going into the hospital because she had like a severe anxiety panic attack. And this was all my fault, by the way. This was all because of that. <laughs> because, because she was sitting there, you know, praying, praying, going, where is my daughter and what is what is going on? And, right. and you know, it, it, you can look at it, back at it now in, in, in a lighthearted way. But at the time for her, it was really, really serious. It really was. Sure, still um, traumatic. So it was traumatic. So <clears throat> what happened was, I have, by the way, at least, at least 30 something first cousins. I have about 36 oh. or 37 first cousins oh alone. Okay, there's a lot of us. My father's from a family of nine, my mom from a family of six, you know, typical oh, no. So all of us cousins grew up literally around the corner. Like we were all, we went to similar high schools, we were all around the corner, we, we used to hang out every day. So they were a really strong rock for me. Mm -hmm. And when my mother went to the hospital, my cousins found me basically they were like let's go find her she needs to know where her mother is so this part of the story is really important because I think this is where we talk about the power of intention and the power of prayer whether you know that prayer is religious or not but I went to go see my mom in the hospital and I was standing outside her hospital door and and just just to give you a little background I was very high at the time I was on narcotics at the time and I didn't want to go in and see her. I was like nervous. And I just heard her talking to my sister. And of course, you know, Italians are all about food. So here's my mom you know, in the hospital bed. Okay. And my mom, my sister's biggest concern is, oh God, she's got to eat this hospital food. We got to, we got to go out and get her some food. So my mom, like, what do you want that? Let's go to the restaurants and let, let's pick you up something good. You know, so she asks my mom, what do you want to eat? I'll go out. You know, a lot of my uh, family members own restaurants. So she was like, let's go. We'll go to Uncle Neil's and we'll go get something or whatever. And my mom said to her, I don't want anything. All I want is, is now my name, as you, as you said, is Anna Miranda. But really my full name, my full oh, no. name that my parents call me is Anna Maria. So it's <laughs> Anna Maria, right? Um, and for short, they call me Anne Marie. And she just kept saying to um, my sister, I just, where's Anne-Marie? Where's Anne-Marie? I don't want food. I don't want anything. I just want to know where my daughter is. And that was my first aha moment. Believe it or not, prior to that, I had never had a moment where I even mm -hmm. thought about my actions affecting anyone. And I had this huge moment where I realized I have a problem. Like, I need to get help. This is, this is going to change. So I went home. Uh, my father, I, okay, okay, typical Italian, like all my dad's sisters were there that live in the local area because, you know, my mom's not home. So they're cooking for him, they're cleaning for him, <laughs> you know, so we get there and, you know, I, I will say my family kind of let me have it. They really were angry at me. They, they told me like, you know, this is happening because she's sitting here every night worried about you. Um, and my cousins, now this is funny too, you'll like this. So by the way, all these cousins, we all have the same names because in Italian tradition, right? You got a name, right? I'm sure, so Michael, uh, this, you're, you're, you're nodding, you know this, right? Everybody, I like, do. Hey. It's like Marie, Marie, Mary. Yeah. Marie, yeah. Ro Rosemary. Right? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yep. Right? So we all have the same name. So how we differentiate, <laughs> we take 
We take your father's name and attach it. So for instance, my brother's name is Tommy and I have a million cousins named Tommy, right? So how do we know what Tommy we're talking about? We do it by basically saying, okay, well, this is Tommy Vinny because he's Vinny's son. And oh, this gosh. is Tommy Nino because it's Nino's son. <laughs> That's great. Know, yeah. It's really funny. So my two <laughs> different cousin Tommies, there were two Tommies there. Let's just call them one Tommy and one Tommy Nino, just to not get confused, you know? <laughs> um, so Tommy Nino and Tommy and my other cousin Sue uh, came over and they were like, let's just take her out. Let's take her to the beach, whatever. They take me to the beach and um, I asked them to, you know, I was, I'm going to go take a walk by myself. And I took a walk by myself and I winded up on this pier. And in that moment, I did something I never did before. Michael and Adele, I, I got down on my knees and I, and I prayed. I wow. cried, I prayed, and I just basically said, I don't know who you are, or even if there's anybody up there, but <laughs> I, I'm having a problem. I can't get, I, I knew in that moment, I said, if I don't get help, this is going to end my life. So I prayed for help. And two weeks later, it's March 31st, 1995, my mom is home. And they had let me now back into high school because I kept getting kicked out and let them back in and kicked out. So I got up in the morning to go to school. And I will say, to make a long story short, the entire morning, I had a feeling inside. You know, that intuitive feeling that mm -hmm. something right. isn't right here, right? So I had that feeling as soon as I woke up. And the way that I would conduct my day is I would go to the bus stop, I would meet a friend. And then once we got off the bus though, we would, we would not go to school, okay? We would literally jump the fence and go in the woods. That's what we did. Uh, and we would just skip school. Um, and we wind up, you know, doing drugs all day in the woods. That's what we did. But the whole time I was doing that that day, and, and yes, taking drugs as normal, I had that intuitive feeling that something just mm -hmm. wasn't right. So, Towards the, I would say midday, I, I said, you know, I'm a, I, I really don't feel right. Something's wrong. So my friend said, you know, why don't we go to the pizzeria around the corner? Maybe you just need to eat something. So we went to the pizzeria, which by the time, at that time, the name of the pizzeria was Kara's Pizzeria. Why is that significant? Because I wanted to tell you that about two years after I had my near-death experience, which occurred in that pizzeria, um, <laughs> I was told by a friend to meet her there two years later. Went there and it was a big sign on top of the pizzeria and they renamed it Anna's Pizzeria, but they were new owners, had no, didn't know me and didn't know the story. So wow. it was really, really kind of a funny thing. That's the first little asynchronistic wow. wow. part. Um, <laughs> so funny. We go into the pizzeria. So now we're going back to, you know, we're going back to the story. We go into the pizzeria and that was the first time I ever heard my own intuitive voice. I heard an inner voice and it kept calling my name. Now here's the funny thing, right? My name, you know, as you know, it is Anna Miranda, but as my family knows it, it's either Anna Maria or for short, they call me Anne Marie. None of my friends called me Anne Marie. They didn't even know that that name existed. In fact, it's kind of a funny story. When people used to call my house and ask for Anna, my dad would be like, I don't know who they're talking about. Who's Anna? <laughs> <laughs> to say, that's, well, that's me, dad. That's me. That's me. <laughs> I've seen enough, you know? So it's kind of funny. Um, so I'm in this pizzeria. First time I'm hearing that <laughs> inner intuitive voice, and it's calling my name, but it's calling me the name Anne-Marie. And it was a male voice, and I just kept hearing it go, Anne-Marie, Anne-Marie. So, you know, I tried to ignore it. 
it wouldn't go away. Let's just say it got louder, louder, louder. Until this day, Michael and Adele, I don't know whether I answered this voice out loud or whether this was an internal intuitive experience. I really can't answer that question. I just know that the voice got so loud that my next thing was, I have to answer this voice. What is this? So before I answer it, I look at my friend who's there with me and I start freaking out. And I'm like, do you hear it? Do you hear it? Now she thinks I'm going crazy. She's like, <laughs> but you tripped so, off. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're, this is, and that was what she said. She goes, we have to stop doing drugs today. I think you're completely out of mind. <laughs> um, so that was, you know, and I, I thought she was right. I was like, yeah, okay. I gotta, I gotta calm down. And then I kept hearing the voice and I finally said, okay, I'm going to answer it. So again, I don't know if I did this internally, externally. I just said, you know, what do you want? Who are you? And I heard two words from this male voice. I heard reality check. And I'm telling you the moment I heard that voice, what my friend saw, she saw my eyes roll back and I collapsed. That is not what I saw. That was not my experience. My experience (laughs) was, from every corner and every crevice of the room, and I'm actually writing a book about it now, but every corner, every crevice of the room, everything stopped. It was like time didn't exist. And all of a sudden, there was this very soft, yet piercing, very ironic, very loud, yet subtle light that literally started coming from every corner of the room until it literally encompassed me and it was like I became it. I was it. Mm-hmm. And I heard a sound. I heard a sound, which I will tell you that now looking in hindsight, <clears throat> that sound I do sometimes hear when I'm in deep states of meditation. The same sound. Mm. I heard a sound. And again, very ironic because the sound was very still. Sound was very Can I ask you, what was the sound? What can you describe it? It was okay. You know the sound that sometimes they say there's a sound when a child is being developed in the womb? There is a sound that, that, that the child hears. Uh, the only way I can describe it at, at its best is like that. But it was actually very still, very, again, there's such an irony to this because it was, it was, it's silent, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's peaceful. So, Again, it's like a sound that you just can't explain and it's still, but it's not. Mm -hmm. And I was encompassed by that light, encompassed by that sound. And in that moment, everything went away. I have to tell you, pain, suffering, gone, gone. And as soon as I was in that and felt all of that release, then all of a sudden it was like, I felt like a, a, somebody had thrown a ton of bricks and thrown it into my stomach. That's the only way I could describe it. As soon as I was in that light, heard the sound, felt the peace, there was an instantaneous feeling of like, boom. And it's like something hitting, you know, hitting my, my yep, stomach. Hold you back in the body. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And the, the, the light that I was in literally like reversed. It was like, because I went back out of it, like in, a, in some kind of like a tunnel like motion. And the next thing I know, I'm on the floor in this pizzeria. Okay. I open my eyes and I, and my friend uh, that was there with me always used to say, I will never forget what, ha- what the noise you made. 
because I literally was on the floor and I literally was like, ah! and like, just like, like gasping. And here's the crazy part. I literally get up. She's staring at me. There's people around me. Everyone. Now there was no paramedics. There was not, none of that. I'll get to that later. To, to, the, to the more validating aspects of that. But there wasn't in the pizzeria. <laughs> and I look at her, she looks at me, and I just, I just ran. Honestly, that's what I ran out of the pizzeria. You ran. Coming back from the, the pizzeria, I ran into the woods. When I ran into the woods, I fell on the floor, face first on the dirt. I don't know how long I was there. I just know when I tell you weeping, weeping, just <gasps> weeping. And all of a sudden, I heard that intuitive voice again, that same male voice. And he said, Anne-Marie, Anne-Marie, get up, get up, get up, get up. <laughs> so what did I do? I got up. I was like, okay, I'm going to get up, right? I get up. I'm in the woods. I'm by myself. My friend uh, did not catch up to me at this point. And... Um, I can only explain that I believe this was my first intuitive vision, inner vision, because I literally saw myself as a child, like a two years old, and then like in seconds had like a full life review, literally. Uh, I could yeah. see every choice that I ever made from two to that day, which was at the time I was 16, and it all came crashing down. It was like, I saw everything, everything I ever did, every choice I ever made, who it affected, including myself. And then I fell right back down, Michael and Adele, <laughs> crying hysterical out of just like, oh my God, you know, what have I done with my life? What did I do? You know, it was like that, that, that kind of moment. And I started crying. And I put my hand over my hand, my mouth, and I remember I said, I just started screaming. I'm screaming by myself in the woods. I, I, I'm going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then I heard the voice again, that male voice. And he said, yes, 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 get up, get up, get up. So I got up and he said, Anne-Marie, go home. And I'm talking in the woods to this voice, okay? So <laughs> if anybody was there looking, they, they, they think I'm crazy. So I just started talking. I said, I don't know what to do. I don't know. And he said, go home. I need you to go home. And I live where I lived was about a two hour walk from my high school because my high school is actually one of the biggest high schools in America. It's Sachem North High School. So we had a lot of people, a lot of different towns. So he said, go home, go home, go home. And I was like, I don't know how. And he said, walk, walk. I will walk with you. That's what he says to me. I will walk with you. Next Whoa. thing I know. I'm walking home. <laughs> I'm walking home. Okay. And I'm crying. I'm freaking out. And I think I was walking about a good 45 minutes before my friend Jessica, uh, the girl that I was with, her name was Jessica, caught up with me. She was in a car with a bunch of guys I went to high school with. They were looking for me. She gets out of the car. Long story short, she's like, what's happening? You know, she's crying. And I just said, listen, I said, I can't explain it. Just, just, just walk with me because I don't want to be alone. So she did. She walked with me. Took me about three hours to walk home, if I remember correctly. About three hours, because I kept stopping and crying and falling on the floor. And every time I would fall on the floor, I'd hear that male voice, that intuitive voice. And he'd say, Anne-Marie, go home, go home. So I get to the end of my block at the time, which I lived in a cul-de-sac. So at the end of my block and you were looking, you could literally see my house. So I get to the end of my block. And now this is kind of weird. So just bear with me here. I used to have this little, this little like um, plastic green frog wallet. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a little frog wallet that I love. Um, 
and it sounds, you know, it's a little disturbing, but it was like my little drug wallet. And I had this little wallet and I would have all the drugs in there and little compartments and stuff. Like it was just, you know, I was 16. Okay. <laughs> so well, you, were, like, you were well organized. I was well organized. <laughs> <laughs> I had a plan. Right? A I had skill. A, plan. a skill. A skill. That was one of my skills. So I look at my house <clears throat> and it says, Anne Marie, I hear the voice. Take the wallet out of your pocket. So I take it out of my pocket and he says, give it to her, meaning giving it to my friend, Jessica. He said, give it to her. You will not do this anymore. I took it out of my pocket. I gave it to her. Now to her, that's like a gold mine because she was just as, mm-hmm. um, you know, into it. As I was, into it as I was. Yeah. She took it. She looked at me and she walked away and I didn't see her again. The next time I saw her was a couple of weeks later. Um, and unfortunately, she has a sad story, and I want to honor her today. She continued her journey, uh, and she passed away a few years ago from an overdose. Um, so, but mm-hmm. I always remember her because she was the one that was there with me uh, when I had my near-death experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so she walks away. I turn around, I look at my house, and I hear the voice say, "Now, Anne Marie, go home." <laughs> and I never ran so fast. I never ran so fast in my <laughs> life. <laughs> I'm running, I'm crying. And there's only one person I'm thinking of, Adele and Michael. I'm thinking of my mommy. That's it. Um, I just want to see my mama. I walk in the door and here's where the synchronicity comes back again. I walk in the door. Typical Italian mom, she's cleaning, she's sweeping the floor, right? <laughs> Her back is towards me. I walk in the door and I only said one word. I just said, mom, and my mom, talk about intuition. She turned around, she looked at me and she went, <gasps> she dropped her broom. It's like she knew. It's like she knew that I had come home and that that day was the end, right? She drops her broom. I fall to the floor, she grabs me, she's holding on to me, I'm crying, she's crying, and I didn't even say anything. And she says, and she kept saying in Italian, thank you God, thank you God, I knew that one day, I knew one day you'd come home, right? We get on the couch, I'm still crying. It was just like a day of tears, okay, I'm still crying. <laughs> um, and she kind of wants to know what's going on. So she was like, you know, I'm not, you know, she was like, I don't know what's going on. What's going on? What happened? What happened? What happened? And then I heard him again, that male intuitive voice. And he said, Anne-Marie, ask her. And I said, ask her what? Now, again, I think I'm having, I'm having a telepathic conversation right now. Okay. This is not like, I'm not speaking to him. Literally. It's all internal. And I said, ask her about what? He said, ask your mother about the dream. And I said, what dream? And he said, your nonna Maria, which is my mom's mom, had a dream last night. She called your mother today at 7 (laughs) a.m. Ask her about the dream and you will know who I am. So I get all this information. I ask my mother, her, her whole face turns white. She goes, how did you know that? I said, please, please, please tell me, tell me about the dream. And she said, at 7 a.m. that morning, I had just left to go to school. My Nana Maria calls my mother. My mother's name is Rosetta. And she she says, Rosetta, is everything okay? Now, you know how Italians are. My mother never told her mom what was going on with me because it was like blasphemous. It was like, like, we can't tell people what's going on. You're the black sheep we're hiding. I'm the black (laughs) sheep. Yeah, I can't tell. So she didn't know, my grandmother. 
And my mother goes, yeah, why? And she says, I don't know, but your father, who's been, you know, who passed away many years ago at this point, your father, my, his name was Luigi, came to me in my dream last night and he was walking down a dark tunnel and there was a light at the end of it. And he was holding one of my granddaughters and he said, Maria, I have been walking with her for 14 years, every day walking, but I have her now and everything's gonna be okay. My mother tells me that. I literally start weeping, sobbing. And I realized in that moment that the voice was a man named Luigi Russo, who was my grandfather, my nonno, who actually died when I was two years old. If you remember my vision, I had the vision from two years old till now. And all of a sudden I heard him again and he said, hello, Joya Mia, which means hello, my joy. And I lost it. And I tell my mom the story and she loses it. And we both realize in that moment that my grandfather from spirit had somehow intervened to help me. And I will tell you that the next 48 hours, I felt him with me the entire time. Um, I wound up going into an outpatient rehab and I wound up going into NA and recovery processes. Um, and I will tell you that my mother told me that she was praying to him every day for about four years. Wow. That's so, a beautiful, beautiful story. That was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. You mm -hmm. got to say, grazie Luigi. <laughs> yeah, grazie mille. Yeah. <laughs> Luigi, Luigi, I, I, <laughs> I have pictures. Luigi, I have pictures of him all over my 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 house because of because of that. And it's sad because I don't remember him, but I know him. I know him in an intuitive way. Sure. Right. Yep. I know his. I know his energy, his spirit. So. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 If, if that if that doesn't clarify you, then probably nothing would have. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> right. So true. So, so right, he opened that gate for yeah. you, girl. It was so beautiful <laughs> that your whole family could be in tune in a way, that they could pass that on, that you could share however it doesn't make sense. And, yes. all, and all confirming the journey well, is just awesome. Well, that was, I think, the most, the coolest part was being, was that I didn't have to prove this to my mom because she literally was like in the experience and my grandmother too, because then we all started talking about it and it was like, oh my God, how did this happen? So, you know, and you know, they are people of faith. They're Catholic, but they do believe in a lot of things. I believe in miracles. They do. Sure. Um, you know, my mom's really into the saints and Padre Pio and this one and that one. So to <laughs> them, this was like, this is great. This is great. You know, God came to help us. Spirit came to help us. So it was really, and it actually made me, not that I wasn't always connected to my Italian heritage in a way, but I have to say, from that point forward, it was like this ancestral bond that I was like, I've got to really connect to this. And actually I wound up moving to Italy at 20, I think I was 26, I was 26. Um, I was there for a very short period of time. I went there, uh, I was in my, I went to college late because here's the, here's the really cool part about the story is, you know, I got sober and then I graduated from high school and I actually went to college and <laughs> had a life, right? right? <laughs> um, a little later on than people, like most people are done with college by 22. I started college at 22 because I was a little later on in the game, but um, I wound up going to Italy and studying there abroad and, and really taking that all 
that all in, you know, that, that right. heritage, that energy, that the whole culture. Yep. Yeah. Uh -huh. They are awesome. They are such beautiful people. And we, we just loved it over there. I know. As a culture. Yeah. 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 I'm a little obsessed. I always say to people, my heart is American, but my mm -hmm. soul is Italian. I always say <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, speaking of that, when I, we took a trip over to Italy and I took my, my one son, we went to find my family's place, which was a little town next to Mount Etna. Oh. And um, we, we, we couldn't find our connections to family. We didn't know. So we thought we'd go there, maybe go to the town hall, et cetera. So we get there and the town hall happens to be closed. And so we started looking around and our last name being Cavalero very unique over here and when I when I grew up. Now there's a lot of Cavaleros, but we go to the little town and all of a sudden we started looking around and you know Cavalero is like Smith. There was like <laughs> nine million Cavaleros. They're in the newspaper, they're running the town, they're the mayor. That's like, oh my God, how are we ever gonna find anybody? So we we kind of gave up and the night we left, Etna erupted. And oh we were God. leaving, we were leaving at dusk and there was this straight red stream being shot up into the sky. Yeah. And it was one of the coolest things that I had ever seen. Yeah. And uh, we ended up not finding family, but it, the journey was kind of, it was a lot of fun. We, we ended up just kind of driving around ad living and uh, we ended up sleeping in the car in in different couple of different towns so we wouldn't get caught <laughs> it was really a blast and i i just love traveling there and what i didn't realize is that greece actually owned uh sicily for so long oh yeah you know it's or funny my my nonna Catarina, which is my father's mom spoke greek and sicilian she spoke she spoke both. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's very like it's very intertwined uh -huh. there it's, it, it yeah. Is yeah so yeah. We, we we found out because we drove to the southern end of the island and there were all these greek greek temples greek ruins yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. it was just so fascinating but uh yeah but connected the culture i mean definitely a, a feeling one of the feeling cultures you know oh yeah Without and that's it. the you know, and, and then, you know, they have that beauty of feeling and sensing, but then we tend to go overboard on the emotions. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. They don't have any structure either, if you've noticed. There's just right. no structure whatsoever. <laughs> Wait, like, you know, you go to the store, they're like, yeah, we're going to open at like 12. We don't really, you know, right? they, like you don't even know when they're, I remember when I lived there. And my dad used to call me every day and I'd be like, I, I don't know what to do because there's no, there's no hours. I, I don't know when they're closed, when they're open. <laughs> yes. I was speaking of that, the one town we slept in, and it was a small city and we're parked in a parking lot and there was this empty closed up building and we got awakened about two o'clock in the morning. They opened the coffee shop at 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Motor motorcycles came in, mopeds came in. There was yeah. just there must have been fifty people hanging out at the coffee shop, and then about four they closed. Yeah, it's just so random. Oh, right? my, oh my god! Random. <laughs> what was that? They just they just the Italian they just do things big from the yeah. food. Food, it's like I'm gonna cook you some breakfast. Okay, when are you gonna be back for lunch? I'm like, well, I didn't digest my breakfast yet, breakfast but um, yet. okay, yeah. I'll come back for some gnocchis, and then they make the gnocchis, and then and they're like, when are you gonna come back for dinner? Well, I'm not, I'm full from the gnocchis, but okay, the supper, and then the, it's so everything's big. 
Emotions. <laughs> Emotions are big, right? Love is big. Food is big. It's all big. And they and they're you know what I love about it is that and I go there now like you know I try to go once a year and I'm I'm working on that you know with obviously COVID this is not this is not working <laughs> right. out um, but um you know. I lived there and then I spent many years away from there. And then last year I took my parents and then I made a, like a little uh, promise to myself. I'm like, all right, from this point forward, I'm going to go every year because maybe when I retire, I'll retire, you know, there. But it's kind of funny because it's like, they just love their downtime, but I love that about them. It's like yeah. mm-hmm. they, their downtime is like, okay, like you could be sit. I, I remember like being in stores and literally like it's two o'clock and they go to lunch and they, they don't care that you're in the store. They're like, bye. You didn't even buy anything. And you're like, can I buy this? They're like, no, you got to come back in an hour. Like, like they don't, <laughs> they'll just shut down. Like they don't even care that they're there, you know? In America, so like, they will serve you in America. We will do everything is about the customer. Not over there. They're like, uh, we're going to have our coffee and lunch for an hour. If you really want that product, come back. Like, okay. Oh, gosh. The relationships, uh-huh. they just crack me up. These people. Know. You know, yeah. and, and the Saccarelli family in um, Bolsena, there's the whole town. There's so many Saccarellis just in that little town. The same thing with the Cavaleras. It's just yeah. so funny how that works. Yeah. Do you I want know to jump. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, no, go. no. I was going to say I wanted to jump back to the things that you were talking about, like the sound. Mm-hmm. That sound I used to hear in meditation many, many moons ago. Um, I do know, but I don't remember the name. the The East Indians have a name for it. And, and yeah, and I, I just summarized it as the sound of the universe. Mm. but they do have an actual name for it. And they did have a, a sound that sounds like a swoosh, a big whoosh when you come in and out of the body. And I think there's other things, but they used to call it, as I recall, was called the Shabbat. Oh. And that was actually the sound. And, um, you know, in the intense part of it, they used to s- describe as it sounds like the rushing of water. And then afterward, there's a stillness. Yes. And um, along with that, the sound that you made coming back, uh, your <gasps> that that sound when you came yeah. back in the pizza parlor. Yeah. In your body. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, I probably have that sound about uh, five out of ten nights when I come back from the sleep. Really? Yeah, I go. I travel so far. I was gonna say you're you're traveling in your sleep yep. state. I travel so far and I work so much that when I return in the body, I'll gasp. She'll think I'm dying. Oh. And and it's just like you come back and it's like all of a sudden you have lungs you didn't have before. You're like, Michael, yeah, you're back. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> you're back, Michael. <laughs> and it takes me about a half an hour to acclimate, and then about another half an hour to sort of uh re reground in the body yeah yeah that you know i i have a similar experience i do because i de- i definitely tend to travel when i sleep sometimes i tell myself though i'll talk to my subconscious like listen i i really don't want to go anywhere like can we just not travel tonight <laughs> yeah, yeah, i just want to sleep i don't want to do you know yeah. but sometimes you can't you can't help it and you mm-hmm. wind up going off and but it's usually a nice experience is it like that for you michael is it a nice um, mo- experience? most of the time they are so far out i can't bring back the memories And then my shorter journeys, I will remember, is what you might call a dreamlike experience. But in the beginning, I thought, oh, I 
I just don't remember. But after a while, I started to learn that the further you travel from the earth plane, the harder it is to bring back information. Right. Yes. It's, it's not assimilable. It's, it's not even no. comparable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, have I to want say to say something. it's like a... It's, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh. <laughs> when he doesn't travel far out and it's just... Local. Uh, I'll be, okay, I was watching TV one time. I was watching Mick Jagger. It was a whole thing about yeah. Mick Jagger and his history and whatever. And they were talking about his mother, blah, 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 and different things. Michael is talking with his eyes shut. Details about his financial situation with the grandma, about the mom. And I'm like, Michael, are you awake? No, he's not awake. He's there. He does that a lot. Oh, my, no. I, I vaguely remember tell, where he hid his money, how he beat the taxes, <laughs> where the grandmother was involved, and it was like this whole spiel. Were you able to verify that information? Uh, no, we no. I didn't pursue it because I've had enough of those where they were pretty verifiable. And, <laughs> yeah, so you know. Uh, so it's like, that. Yeah, you know what? It's probably pretty close, and... How does that really affect me? So I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah, forget it. It's not <laughs> right, really yeah, like it has no, yeah, there's no right. practical application for it. So it's like, all right. right. You know? <laughs> why, 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 why go But, why go? you know, That's I'll wake cool. up talking to sports figures. I'll wake up. Those are my local travels. Yeah. Those yeah. are the local travel. Right. I'm like sports figures strange. that you like? Like, like the sports figures that you really like? Um, No. Oddly oh. enough, I, not long ago, I yeah. woke up speaking to a sports figure I don't like at all. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. And, and I, I was awake during it saying to myself, why am I talking to him of all people? <laughs> and we ended up, I was exchanging information yeah, about his journey and the sole purpose we were working at. Now, I couldn't tell you the details, but I knew that's what it was. But the part of me who kept saying, why am I talking to him? Why why, why did you bring me to talk to him? I don't even like him. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> so, <laughs> sometimes he has spoken to some narcissistic political figures to help them get oh. through some time, <laughs> some bad that time. Must be, that's, that must be really interesting, uh, Michael. <laughs> job i don't want to do that <laughs> i can we can give that all to you michael <laughs> i think the little i have is enough thank you yeah 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 <laughs> hopefully you make a difference for for that i hope yeah. i hope well hopefully yeah. at a soul level i know it makes a change does it ever manifest i can't ever tell you right right you know and that's the one right. thing you you learn is like you have the experience it's not really quote my human control so I just say, I had the experience. What's the result? I don't really know, but right. something is going on. Something is going on, right. And you can you can measure the experience in you, but you you can't, you have no yes. way of measuring it in the other person or the other, Yes. you know, ex yeah. other, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So you're quite, so so Michael, you're quite the medium intuitive yourself. <laughs> yeah, in, in that way, yes. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. That's really yeah. cool. That really is. That really is. And yeah, the work I learned that you to do. Go ahead. Go ahead, dear. Go ahead. You go ahead. You go. No. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is that Italian thing. No, you go. Yeah, yeah, you no, go. No, 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 you go. <laughs> no, you. No, you. Go, Anna. Go. Anna Marie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> so the work, the work that you two do now, like together, right? That must mm-hmm. be really powerful because I mean, when I listen to your podcast, I find it to be really powerful. Um, but what I love the most about the two of you is that you're a couple and you're, you're kind of like on this amazing journey for each other, but then also like you expand that out to everybody else and helping everybody else, you know, I yes. think that's pretty cool. I really yes, know. it is. Um, took us a little while to realize exactly what we were doing, but, um, <laughs> we've come a long know, way. <laughs> we, you know, first begins out with your human experience and then you go, oh, there's a lot more stuff going on here. And later as we, um, grew together, we did realize that we were prototyping the new relationship mm, for humanity. That. See, that's what, I, that's what I see in you. That yes. You just put it so clear. That's what it is. Because I'm listening to your podcast and I'm going, there's something about the relationship between the two of them. And, and you're right. That's what it is. It's like the evolution of what a relationship is or could be. Like, I kind of see it as, I mean, I don't know you that well, but from what mm-hmm. I've learned of you and, and listening to your podcast, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, you have two people who are already whole within themselves. They're not finding wholeness in each other. They have it individually, which is what allows you to come together and then be able to, to really have that evolutionary uh, exchange. Right. Just, do you, would you agree? Is that, is that? Yeah. Let me tell you my perspective. <laughs> when I wasn't quite whole in the beginning, um, the, there, it, it was, it was very tough. And Michael was like, we have to document this. We just got through this. You brought this. We had to do this. We figured it out and let's not do this again. Let's document it. So for 20 years, Anna Maria, <laughs> we have been documenting and, and just, you know, making it work. And, and yeah, but, but having, it's about having a wonderful experience within ourselves in the relationship. And there's no relationship issues. There's only individual ones. And to be able to know how to work on that and, and dissolve those things that aren't working, but enjoy the experience with the couple you know, with the relationship. And yeah. that's, that's, I'm priority. You know, he's, that's what I actually how why I fell in love with him. When I first met him, I saw his self-love. I was like, I want that. Wow. I, that's what I wrote. I wrote a book about it. I'm like, our love story, searching for us. And I'm like, I want that. And, and that was one of the things I admired about him. And, um, and he helped me get to that, which is kind of good. I mean, he had an investment too. He, he wanted he was vested in, I want a relationship right. that somebody can share. Yeah, no, I wanted to have an enjoyable relationship. And everything that I learned previous, I, I knew what failed, what didn't work. I was always on my journey since I've been about 17, literally and consciously. And um, I, I saw all the patterning, all the programming, all the belief systems, everything that interacted that caused the difficulty in relationships. And I wanted to be with someone who was willing to go beyond them. Right. And um, we talked about it at the beginning. I said, look, I I don't want to do a relationship again unless you're willing to go beyond. I was like, oh, yeah, I can do it. Oh, yeah. And then then I saw what it took and I was like, "Ah, I don't know. (laughs) Or, you know, keeping you know, keep hidden and not tell them everything and what I was really dealing with. But I made it through, man. I feel in a, we're in a really good place now. It's nice. 
It's nice. Yeah, you're, the energy of the two of you just just is is very intoxicating, and you feel it. You see it even when you talk and you and your and your voices. But I love that. I, I think that you guys have a lot of work to do for other people because I'll tell you, uh, especially my generation. I don't think my my, my generation does not get that. They're, no. they're, I'm going to be honest, and it's going to sound really bad, but the, you know, my generation is very selfish. There's a lot of me, 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 yeah. me, me, um, and it's hard. It's it's really hard to find. You know, it's like they're selfish, but they're also under the assumption that this other person is going to give me what I think I'm missing. You know, <laughs> right. I don't know. You know, it's such a, but my generation <laughs> is really. I mean, th there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Yes, it, it is very common, and it, it broke down, I think, part of the reason your generation got it was, A, the evolution of humanity mm. was, a, was a definite because, but I think it got a little twisted, because I think the, in, the evolution was people were supposed to go more internal instead of external, but then they overshot the mark. Right, and, so true. And then you had a wounded generation that raised you that wanted it to be better. So they coddled you. So yes. they created a form of entitlement yes. and then a lack of motivation because you were entitled. Yes. Whereas my generation was different. And so now you combined in our mess with your mess. <laughs> and now we have a new mess <laughs> and we've well, got to get perfectly. You really did. I mean, you just enlightened me in that. Like everything you just said, I'm like, wow, that's so simply said and a hundred percent true. It really is. Yeah. And we just so got to get back to balance because what's happened is that your generation, like every generation, has a whole set of belief systems that are supporting this this little twist. Those mm -hmm. systems have to be reeducated, broken down, and energetically shifted. So that you can come to the balance of the real me and what I call um, healthy selfishness versus unhealthy selfishness. Right. Where the healthy selfishness is all about self-support, self-love without taking or needing another. Right. Where the unhealthy is all about dependency for me. Mm-hmm. And they've got to get back to the balance, which we all need to do, but it's a, just a little different in each generation. The, the systems change. Right. So you have to understand the, the blending of the different generations, the different cultures, because our Italian culture versus a Germanic culture versus a, an East Indian culture all have these new twists in America, the melting pot, that distort all the same things in the generation. Wow. Yeah. And so when we understand that, you can literally, this is my expertise, I can literally take the puzzle, put it apart, and put it back together in a way that you get to do it yourself, but it also brings about your balance, whatever that is. That really is his skill. That's his jam. He's good at that. <laughs> yeah. I, I can tell because even just just honestly just listening to you for the last you know couple minutes has already impacted me i'm like oh my god i get it that makes because i i actually sit here with you know the company of my own generation going what 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 is this why do we have <laughs> uh -huh. such a hard time <laughs> yeah. and i'm gonna tell you i'm guilty of it too i, I sure. mean i'm not separating myself on that because you know 
growing up the way I did too, my mom was like, you know, in the home, she was cooking, she was cleaning. And I remember I was like 17. I was like, well, I am not doing that. You know, it was like, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. That's beautiful. And I'm not knocking it. But for me, I was like, I don't want to do that. And then it yes. was like this whole battle I had to have with myself. Cause I was like, well, if I don't want to do that, what does that mean? Am I not a woman? And somebody like, you know, it was a whole, <laughs> whole thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You second guess right? yourself. That's, that's the mixing of belief systems culturally, um, age-wise, generationally, mm -hmm. and then with what you brought in to become more internally realized. Right. So you take all of those and you mix it up and you, you got this mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And every generation had it. So I had my own. It was just different. Um, but my gift is to see whatever generation, whatever culture, the, the mix, and then unsort the mix for you to see, practice, experience, and then ask questions because it's your journey. It's not mine to direct you, but I can help you sort the puzzle. Yeah. And then yeah. you do whatever you're going to do with it because that's your journey. Right. But what you're saying is complete sense because you had the old programming of your mom you had the new what you brought in to say, I'm here for me, which is what you're here for. Right. So now that goes against the old culture, which says, I'm here for the family. I'm here for the man. I'm here. And that's what makes me a woman. But then you don't even at some point when you're really in it, you don't see yourself as male or female. You just see yourself as you. Right. And then you say, well, I'm not a man and I'm not a woman, but I'm supposed to be. Well, what do I be? Well, what what can I do? Even um, in today's newer generations, this is one of the things that I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably freak a few people out here, but <laughs> it's one of the reasons there's a lot of gender issues right now. Right. Because right. A, they're coming from an androgynous being into a polarized gender as a human being with mixed beliefs in the evolution. So they want to know, who am I? Who am I supposed to be? I feel both. I feel neither. I feel this. And then when the head gets involved, it now starts confusing gender with the experience that we all have, male and female within us. Right. And it's that balance that brings us our joy and our wholeness. It's not right. gender related. That is a wonder, you know, that really, it's amazing because I just did a podcast the other day, you know, I have my own podcast and, and it's, a, it's called Spiritually Psyched, uh, but it's, we just talked to a, a young man named Kaleem Sikander who just, and, and the whole podcast was about how we all have masculine and feminine energy, all of us, how it exists in all of us and how do we, you know, yeah. honor each aspect of our own masculinity and our own uh, femininity. It's, it's true. Uh, we, we really are both. We really are both. Yes. But, I, but what you just spoke about with the, um, because I, I, I always say that when people, this, this experience that we're now having with, you know, understanding gender, let's call it that. Yeah. Um, huh? I see it the same way you do. Like, it's really just understanding the essence, the true essence of our soul. It has nothing to do with whether it's male or if it's really just who am I in soul. And maybe there's even an evolutionary process that's actually occurring in the present moment when people start to go, wait a minute, what if I'm neither? 
or what yes. if I don't, right? I, I see that as an evolutionary form of, of consciousness that's that's expanding. And I think that's what you, you're saying. Yes, yes, I, w- yeah. I would agree. I would yeah. agree. I would agree to say some, in a simple way, I say body parts don't make the gender or the feeling. Right. It's, right. it's what you feel inside. And that's what they're craving. They're looking for this unknown feeling because there is little or no guidance on the planet right now to understand that and and it is an evolutionary process you see the first part was it was definitely dualistic it was then it went heavy male it now starts you know with the female moving into the aquarian age but the most important part it's about the union so if we look at the metaphor of male and female as above, so below is the phrase. Right. Well, why do you think we have marriage? Because marriage of men and women is the metaphor of the marriage or union of your inner male and inner female. Okay. It's not just that we are separate. It is that we are separate while we're dating, while we're figuring each other out. But when we decide to make a union, what happens in the natural process of a union, there comes a child, and it is your spiritual child. That is both male and female, the union of your male and female. Oh, wow. And wow. that's what we're evolving toward, at least the information I get. Yeah, that's, no, I think that was really wonderfully explained and you're living it too because again i see this in you and adele i do i see that perfect balance and blend of that masculine and and feminine in both of you in in both of you so you have a lot to teach our you got to teach our generation (laughs) 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 boy we went off on that that's great i know we went off that was great there's a there's a lot we are doing to do that and just our quick note here we've got like seven or eight books, all different aspects of this. We've got courses, we've got teachings, we've got individual sessions for whatever level anybody's at. It goes from A to Z. And we spent all these years putting this together so that it was logical, so that it was practical. It wasn't airy-fairy or woo-woo-ish, you know? It's, it's, it it has to be hands-on use or it's useless. That's right. Exactly. That's right. So yeah. you beautiful people out there, our audience right now listening, go check out our website, adeleandmichael.com or go to Instagram, Adele searching for Oz or at Adele and Michael. And yours, what's yours, how, my dear? How do they find you, my dear? Sure, they can find me. Um, they can find me on my website on anamiranda.net. And through my website, you'll see the Facebook links and the Instagram links to my pages. But it's literally very simple, anamiranda.net. Okay, awesome. It was wonderful. Oh, God, this was a pleasure. Yeah, Yeah, you guys are awesome. You're awesome. This was great. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, thank you, dear. Signing off, ciao. Ciao.